I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in the future of work. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Have you ever spent upwards of 20 minutes, maybe longer, crafting a three-sentence email so that your coworker wouldn't take it the wrong way? You wordsmithed it like crazy, trying to cram goodwill and positive intent into those three sentences. And maybe it worked, or maybe it still resulted in a misunderstanding. We do so much of our work via email, text, and discussion threads on Slack and Teams and the like, and our communication has become overly transactional, and it is rife with misunderstandings. We only have words available to convey our messages in those modalities. No tone of voice, no facial expression or eye contact or gestures. And that contributes to those misunderstandings. Today on the podcast, I'm providing actionable tips for preventing those misunderstandings. Now, I want to give you a quick overview of something called the three V's, and it very much explains why the verbal, that is the words only in our emails and texts and so forth, can't carry a more nuanced message. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you may recall episode number five, debunking the myth that 93% of our communication is nonverbal. In that episode, I go into a great amount of detail on something called the three V's. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's a great companion to this one, and I'm going to encourage you to do so, and we've got it linked up for you in the show notes. But a quick thumbnail sketch or overview of the three V's. This is something that came from a professor of psychology and communication at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. Dr. Albert Morabian did a series of studies in the late 1960s and early 1970s, and he is the one who came up with this brilliant taxonomy of how our communication is structured, that some of it travels on the verbal channel, the verbal channel being words, acronyms, abbreviations, and so forth. Just the words. It doesn't matter if they're spoken out loud or if they're written down in an email or a text message, good old-fashioned snail mail, or you see them on a billboard. The verbal is the words, and that is one channel that our communication travels on. The next channel that our communication travels on is the vocal channel. This includes things like tone of voice, inflection, volume, pacing, whether you're a fast talker or a more slow, measured talker. All of the things that go into how our voice can be used as a musical instrument. In fact, this is how sarcasm gets delivered, usually through tone of voice, which is why sarcasm doesn't work well over a text message or an email, unless it's somebody that you are super, super close with. Otherwise, that nuance of the dry, sardonic wit of your sarcasm gets missed in just the words. It needs the tone of voice to really carry it. So vocal is our second channel. And then the third channel is visual. 
this is everything that we can see, even if we have the volume turned down. So for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, if you turned the volume down or put me on mute, you would still see my facial expression, my eye contact with the camera, at least, <laughs> um, things about my appearance, gestures, all of that go into the visual channel. And again, the visual channel carries a certain amount of the message as well. And when all three Vs, the verbal, the vocal, and the visual are carrying the same message, then our communication is very congruent and trustworthy, easy to believe, easy to establish rapport with another person, and so forth. When one of the Vs is missing or off, then our communication might not be as believable or trustworthy. Now, when you think back to email, and texting, and messages on Slack channels, or Teams channels, any of those text-only based modalities, we only have the verbal available to us. And so many social cues are provided through the vocal and the visual, especially when a message is ambiguous or might cause uncertainty in the mind of the person who is on the receiving end. So again, in that episode five, I go through these three Vs in greater detail. And in fact, I debunk the myth that only 7% of our communication travels on that verbal channel. Dr. Albert Morabian is the one who did that original research that came up with that 7%. I described the whole study, actually a couple of studies in episode number five and explain why we really should not be using that 7% uh, or any of those percentages because they're just not accurate in our workplace communication. They were certainly accurate in the one study with a very small sample size that he did, uh, but they're not generalizable to uh, regular workplace communication and interactions. But so when you think about it, if we only have verbal available to us, just that one channel, our words only in all of these messaging channels and formats, you can see how it easily leads to misunderstandings, especially if you could relate to that example of spending upwards of 20 minutes crafting a very, very specific and making these very specific word choices about your email to somebody so that they don't take it the wrong way. We do this in our personal lives as well. Sometimes we do this with text messaging and just, you know, really, really finessing it so that the person doesn't feel like we're being rude or whatever else might come across if we are not being as intentional with our words. And if we don't have those other channels available to us, it's really hard to make accurate communication when we only have the verbal channel. So today, for the rest of our time together, I am going to give you some specific techniques and tools that you can use to get some of those other Vs back in play when you are going through your day-to-day -day communication at work. So I have four specific tools and techniques for you to follow. And then I'm going to give you some examples of specifically how I use these tools in my day-to-day -day communication with my clients, with my employees, and sometimes even in my personal life. Because if you've listened to my podcast for a while or ever been in a training session or a keynote with me, you know that I encourage you to use the tools wherever the opportunities present themselves in your life. If it's a workplace communication workshop I'm doing or keynote that I'm giving, I still encourage you to use all the same tools in your personal life because when we get better at it at one place, it carries over into the rest of our life. So we can kind of imagine the whole world as being our gymnasium where we can grow stronger communication skills. Okay. And again, I just also want to double down and 
reinforce this idea that we have perhaps over-indexed or leaned on email, text messages, Teams messages, Slack messages, whatever platform that you might be using, we have leaned on those and become overly transactional in the past few years as a result of all the work from home and hybrid work and everything that's been going on with the pandemic. And of course, early on, we had to, but we don't have to anymore. This is a whole new frontier, a whole new way of working. And we need to integrate some of those other V's back into our day-to-day communication in order to prevent those misunderstandings. All right. So with that as the backdrop, let me give you four specific tools that you can use to put more social cues back into your messaging. The first one, number one, pick up the phone more or whatever it's equivalent is for you. Now, I know a lot of organizations have gone to voice over IP phone. And so people have a telephone that is plugged into their computer that is using internet juice instead of cell phone juice so that they're not using their personal cell phones to take work calls. And I completely applaud organizations for doing that. So if you have a work phone and you happen to be working from home, but that work phone is plugged into your computer, just pick up the phone a little bit more often and call somebody, especially when there's some of that ambiguity or uncertainty, or you're not sure how they're going to take the message. Now, you can also use the equivalent of the phone. That might be if your organization uses Teams or Zoom as a platform, it might be a Teams call without the video on. Maybe it doesn't need the third B. It doesn't need the visual, but they do need to hear your tone of voice. So hop into a Teams call with them or a Zoom call. And of course, if they are proximate or co-located in the building, then just simply get up out of your seat and walk over to where the other person is. Then they get the third V, not just the verbal, your words, and the vocal, your tone of voice, but then they'll also get the visual. They'll see your smiling face or at least your empathetic look or whatever as you deliver that message. Now, not only are you using more Vs, vocal at a minimum, when you pick up the phone or the team's equivalent, But you also get so many more social cues across by using more Vs. And then if you're in proximity to the other person and you're using the visual, you're getting even more social cues. So this is is excellent and it's a great way to prevent misunderstandings. Now, one other upside of this is it does tend to be way more efficient because if you are a person who regularly spends those 20 minutes wordsmithing your emails, it's going to be a lot faster to just pick up the phone and call the person. In fact, I do this all the time, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll, I'll be sharing some of my examples. Now, if you are co-located, it might not actually save time because people do tend to stay and chat a little bit more when they're co-located rather than a quick phone call. But again, you are building relationships and that is so important in today's world. All right, so tip number one is pick up the phone or its equivalent a little bit more often, especially when you're spending those 20 minutes writing a long email or a short, I should say a short email that you're wordsmithing a lot. All right, tool number two that I'm going to give you, I call this Janelle's rule of three. And in summary, it's this, don't let a communication chain go three turns or longer in the same modality if there is some misunderstanding in place. So let's take a practical example. Let's say I work with you on a project and something new has come up with the project 
and you're sending me a brand new thread, a brand new email communication about this new thing that's just happened with the project. You're maybe a little sensitive. You maybe think I'm a little sensitive about the issue. And so you spend a few minutes crafting that email, but you take the first turn in that communication chain. And I receive your email. And sure enough, Maybe I read it on my cell phone or I am rushed when I read it, but I miss all those social cues you tried to cram in there. And I fire back the second turn in that email thread, in that conversation. And I am defensive and I copy our boss on it and a bunch of other things. Now, you will brilliantly use Janelle's rule of three. And instead of sending back a third message in the same channel, in that same thread of communication that starts with something like, I didn't mean for you to think that, or I think we have a misunderstanding in place, or however you might start it. Instead, Janelle's rule of three says you're going to use a different modality, a different communication channel that has more social cues. So if approximate to one another, we're both in the office, you're going to walk right over to me and we're going to talk about it. If we're not proximate, maybe we're in different buildings or one of us is working from home or we're in different parts of the country, then you'll just pick up the phone. Even if you leave me a voicemail, I'm going to hear your positive intent and your goodwill. And I'm probably going to be a little embarrassed that I (laughs) took the message the wrong way. And then as most of us need to do, especially if the boss was copied, we're going to have to pop back into that email thread and set the record straight. Now, if I was the one who was misunderstanding something and you've called me and we've sorted it out, then it's going to be my responsibility to go back to that email thread and say, oh, I, you know, just spoke with you now completely understand the situation differently. Here's what we're going to do next and whatever, because a lot of times those email threads live on in our organization. Now, it might not even be an email thread. It might have been in this, it might have happened in a Slack channel or in a Teams channel. doesn't matter exactly where it happened, but we're going to move to a modality that has more social cues if we are missing each other. We're not going to take the third turn in the same space where we're missing each other. So that is Janelle's rule of three. That is your second tool. Now your third tool, this one gets a little more sophisticated, but hang with me here. Video messages. All right. So I have a couple of uh, technologies that I use for video messages. I use Slack uh, and in Slack. And you could do the same in Teams. You can send a video message to one of your teammates. And I also use something called Dub, D-U-B-B. And I can link that up in the show notes for you as well. And Dub is a video email tool. So I can make a quick video that gets embedded in an email and sent to somebody, whether that's somebody who is an employee of mine or a client of mine. And I use that when I need more social cues. Now, there's also some other software. I don't happen to use Loom, but Loom, you can do some of the same things. Um, You could even record a short meeting on Teams or Zoom or whatever platform you use with just you in it, where you're just speaking to the camera, whatever message it is that you need to send to somebody, and then you could just send them the link. And that's just a, a nice hack or shortcut for sending somebody a video message. You could also do the same thing on YouTube and just... Uh, not have that YouTube link be one that is accessible to everybody. There's ways that you can make private messages or private videos on YouTube. That would be another way. But I think uploading a video to YouTube is a little bit more time intensive than some of these others ideas that I've shared so far. All right. So your third is the video message. And again, that's going to give you all three Bs. 
It's going to give you the verbal, the words that you're saying, the vocal, your tone of voice, volume, pacing, inflection, all of those things that convey our goodwill, positive intent, and so forth, empathy. And then it's also going to have the verbal channel available to it. Uh, I'm sorry. It's also going to have the visual channel available to it because they'll be able to see your smiling face or your empathetic look, the concern on your face, whatever it is. All right. So that is your third video messages. And then your fourth tip or technique to take from this episode is to think about whether you're using the phone or Zoom or Teams, whichever it is. Now, when do you actually need video and when do you not need video? That is my tool for you. This is more of a, you know, a diagnostic tool. Think in advance before you set up the meeting. We are overtaxed these days with video meetings, whether you're on Teams or Zoom or WebEx or whatever platform your organization uses. So many people, even when we're in the office, are on back-to-back video meetings all day long. So that is taxing on the brain because even if you have the very best bandwidth and the highest processor speed in your computer, the sound of the voice and the movement of the face on the screen is ever so slightly off. And your brain has to work hard to restitch that fraction of a second back together in order for it to not be completely annoying. So it's extra taxing on your brain. It's called Zoom fatigue. You've maybe heard about it, but that's what's behind it. Your brain actually has to work harder. So really think about, does this need to be a video call? Is video really adding to this or is a phone call or an audio call sufficient? Okay, that is an actual tool for you to take on thinking about which one is most appropriate for the content we're going to discuss. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. All right, so those are your four tools. Let me give you some quick examples of how I use them in my world. All right, first off, picking up the phone, I do this a lot, especially if there is any ambiguity or uncertainty about the situation. And let me give you a very specific example. This happened about two months ago. One of my clients was doing a very big event, big conference for all of their employees, and their employee base is spread out geographically. So not everybody was going to be able to attend the event in person that in-person conference. So there was a virtual track. Now I was hired as the opening keynote speaker for that virtual track. And we had been preparing for what I was, you know, how my remarks were going to line up with the conference and weaving in together their conference theme and the values of their organization and everything. And we had been working on this and it was going to be a fantastic virtual keynote. I was so excited about it. And then the day before, this was on, this was to be on a Tuesday, on Monday, I got a meeting invitation to the in-person keynote 
and I completely freaked out. I was like, I could swear our contract says I'm doing a virtual keynote, not an in-person keynote. I'm pretty sure they had somebody else lined up for that. And they chose me for the virtual because I tend to be really good on virtual. And so I pulled up the contract. I looked back at the contract and I was like, yes, I'm not supposed to be in person there. And so then the only thing that there was for me to do was to pick up the phone and call the client and say, hey, I just saw your invitation to be on site for the in-person keynote. I thought you had me scheduled for the virtual keynote because that's what our contract says. And oh my gosh, was my client embarrassed. She said, oh, yes, I'm so sorry. I sent you the wrong meeting invitation. I'm so sorry. I I may have ca- you know caused panic in you. And I was like, I was pretty sure it was a misunderstanding, but I just wanted to clear it up quickly. Okay, so picking up the phone when there is ambiguity or uncertainty just solves it so much faster. Can you imagine if I had emailed her and maybe it had taken a couple of hours before she got back to me on email and back and forth on email to get it sorted? Man, it was just beautiful to get it all figured out in the matter of about two minutes or less. So that's picking up the phone. All right. The second one I mentioned, the rule of three. Oh my gosh. I use the rule of three all the time. I use it with clients. I use it with family members. I use it with friends. If there is any misunderstanding whatsoever, I pick up the phone, I give the person a quick call and we sort it out in no time. In fact, just the other day I was meeting a friend for breakfast and We usually meet at this one place, but then we were going to try a different place. And then we couldn't remember if we were trying the new place this time or if that was going to be the next time we had breakfast together. And we were going back and forth (laughs) on text. And I was about to get in the car and drive to the restaurant and I needed to know which restaurant to go to. So I just picked up the phone and called her. And we decided to postpone the new restaurant because we were both on a pretty limited time schedule that day. So it just worked so smoothly and so easily. All right. The third tool I gave you was video messages. All right. In my line of work, but I would seriously say anyone's line of work, this is a huge time saver. Yes, that is true. Making a short video is a huge time saver. It is really a lifesaver for me. Let me give you a specific example that where I used this with one of my clients recently. So my client is the chief financial officer of her organization, and she was hiring me to do a leadership retreat for her top six leaders on her team, the six direct reports who report to her. So it's going to be seven of them, and we were doing an offsite leadership retreat, and she wanted some ideas. She said, I know you've always got great different activities that we can do to kick the thing off and set the tone and all of this. And I was going to be doing some facilitation throughout the retreat. So I knew the broader agenda, but she wanted me to give her some of my best thinking on what should we do to kick off the event to really get everybody jazzed and energized and ready to do the hard work of the rest of the retreat. Now, this was way easier for me to do in a dub video that I then sent to her via email. So it was just super easy for me to hop onto that email and be like, Tracy, I have three great ideas for how we might kick this event off. The first one is this, and I described it. The second one is this, and the third one is this. And we don't have to be limited to those ideas. You might come up with something, or you may have heard of something yourself. So maybe there's a different idea, but those are my top three ideas. And I just thought it would be way faster and easier for you to listen to me explain them in this short video instead of me spending all the time writing them out in an email that maybe wouldn't convey the message nearly as well. 
you would not believe how happy she was to watch that video. She sent me a quick email back after she had watched it and she was like, oh, idea number two totally speaks to our theme and my people would love that. Let's absolutely do that one. And she was like, and this video was awesome. This was way better than reading an email of having you describe the options. So I've used it lots of other times with giving options to my clients. Um, it's easy to give uh, feedback to an employee when I use Dub because again, my positive intent and goodwill, even if I'm giving critical feedback, is going to come through in that video. So I love Dub. Again, there's lots of other tools that you can use that do the same thing, but Dub is the one that I happen to use. And again, linked up in the show notes. And then the fourth idea using the phone versus using Zoom. Now, here is a quick example of me using the phone. And just to give you a little context, I have given a lot of thought to what would I do if this was pre-pandemic before I schedule a meeting with a client? So if it's a client that I know really well or reasonably well, let's say we've worked together on things before, or maybe I'm writing a proposal for them and I just have a quick question, I'm going to pick up the phone because that's what I would have done prior to the pandemic. If this is somebody new and I'm making a big pitch or I am meeting them for the first time, then maybe I'm going to drive over to where they are. Or in one case, in 2016, I in fact had, I was working on closing a, a big deal with a high-tech company in the Pacific Northwest. And I hopped on a plane to Seattle to close that deal because that's what made sense to do. Not over the phone, not even by Zoom or Teams. Well, Teams didn't exist then. That would have been Skype, but not that. That needed to be in person. And sometimes I do need to meet with a client in person. But right now, what I do is a rule of thumb of if this would have been a phone call prior to the pandemic, it's going to be a phone call now. If this would have been a meet you in person, then I'm going to decide, will a video meeting suffice or do I actually need to come and meet you in person? Okay, so that's kind of my rule of thumb. And there was a client of mine that I've done a number of projects with, and she sent me an email asking if I had time to meet about a specific upcoming thing that they wanted to do for their managers. It was a manager's, uh, a, a special training they were going to do for their managers. And she wanted to know if I was interested and if I had some topics that would align with what they were thinking and so forth. And so I replied back on email, sure, I'll send a meeting over and uh, and let's talk about it. And because I know her, I sent my phone number as the meeting location. She was so thrilled to get a phone call on her calendar instead of another Zoom or Teams meeting. She was absolutely thrilled. And she told me on the phone, she was like, I couldn't believe how happy I was when I saw your phone number as the meeting location. She's like, we just do way too much on video these days. And I said, I know, I feel the same. All right, so there are your four tools, picking up the phone, using the rule of three, sending a video message, and being really discriminating with whether you're going to have it be a video meeting or a phone-only meeting. All right, so let's work together to prevent misunderstandings. As I have stressed, we have become so transactional in our communication. Let's get the relational elements back into our communication, and we can do that most easily through using more of the Vs instead of just the verbal, the words. Let's use some of the vocal, at least. Let people hear your upbeat tone of voice, your concern for their well-being, your positive intent, all the things the voice can carry. And when it makes sense to do so, bring in the visual. 
turn the cameras on if you're working in different physical locations or walk over to their desk if you're in the same building. Together, we can prevent misunderstandings and that leads to better, more trusting workplace dynamics and relationships. And that in turn increases engagement, retention, and all the things that make for a great workplace. So experiment with the strategies that I've provided today and hit me up on email at drjanelle at drjanelleanderson.com or on social media. Instagram's probably the best place and I'm at drjanelleanderson on Instagram. Let me know what you're trying from this episode and how it's working for you. Remember, the future of work is not only about technology, it's about the values we uphold, the communities we build, and the sustainable growth we strive for. We need to keep exploring, keep innovating, and keep envisioning the remarkable possibilities that lie ahead. As always, stay curious, stay informed, and stay ahead of the curve. Tune in next week for another insightful exploration of the trends that shape our professional world. Until then, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.